Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Here with you live and local on 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Taking you right up to 335, where I'll hand things over to Charlie Slows and Pete Medhurst. Those two gentlemen are out of Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati, Ohio, as the Nats getting ready to play game three of a four-game series with the Cincinnati Reds and two teams that, to say the least, are really struggling right now. Nats at 19 and 35, Reds just the lowly 18 and 33. We had an exciting game last night. Uh, Nats finally got the bats going after really struggling from the plate uh, in that Mets series. The Lane train, Lane Thomas going Kanye crazy. Three homers on the night, only the third player in franchise history to accomplish that feat. So shout out to Lane Thomas. Nats will try to do it again this afternoon. Eric Fetty on the bump for D.C. Matt Weyrick, Nats beat writer for NBC Sports Washington, will join me at 3 o'clock. To give us some more on the Nats, 
There was also a big night on the ice in the National Hockey League. Stanley Cup playoffs in the conference championship stage. New York Rangers up two games to none against the back-to-back Stanley Cup champs. Talking about those Tampa Bay Lightning uh, after New York was able to pick up the dub last night, 3-2. Rangers now hold a 2-0 series lead over Tampa Bay. But you all know what I'm here for. Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines, 1-800-636-1067. You know where I want to kick things off. We'll talk about our local football team. The Washington Commanders team just wrapped up their second week of OTAs. And just from talking and texting with some guys who were in attendance, this Commanders offense, minus Terry McLaurin not being out there, obviously because of his contract dispute, they look electric right now. They really do. They look damn good right now. And and on the Carson Wentz front, from everything I've been hearing, one guy described him as just a difference maker. And quite frankly, he just looks the part. And another guy I've heard some tremendous things about during this OTAs is the first-round pick, Jahan Dotson. Uh, he has been Carson's favorite target out there uh, to this point. And from texting with my guys, just saying he's made play after play after play since they've been out there. And it's June, you know, and there's a lot of capping going on this time of year. Definitely is. So if you don't believe me about how good this Washington offense has looked, here's Washington Commanders offensive coordinator Scott Turner when asked about Dotson and how he's adjusting to the NFL game thus far. Yeah, um, you know, he's done a nice job. You know, um, he came in, you know, he really, you know, it looks like it's not too big for him. Um, he's playing fast. Uh, he's, he's consistently getting separation. He's catching the ball. You know, uh, he doesn't say a lot. You know, he just kind of comes out here and works, which is, which is good. You know, and um, you know, I think the guys, you know, the guys like him, Carson. I know uh, quarterbacks like throwing the ball to him. So just continue to have him work and, and get better. And there's a lot of different things we'll be able to do with him. It's music to my ears, ladies and gentlemen. I love. To hear Scott Turner talk about the new toy that he's got on offense. Talking about rookie first-round pick, Jahan Dotson. And when I was getting ready for the show and I'm listening uh, to some of the pressers from the week, you can't help but get excited, right? I mean, I know it's a contingent of folks out there who will say, oh, it's just OTAs, doesn't mean anything, there's no pads, the whole team's not even there in attendance. And that's fine, I guess. I'll tell you, stop being a hater, right? Because every time it's some good news coming out of Ashburn, it's always, there's always a caveat to it, right? It's always, yeah, this looked good, but. But I'm here to tell you, OTAs in 2022 for this Washington Commanders team, it's giving us our first look at what this team could potentially be in the fall. I'm revved up for it. I'm excited. And like I said, you can't help but to be excited about it. Because if the news wasn't so positive coming out of OTAs right now, that same group of people would be blowing up these lines, telling us sorry, you know, and saying that guys need to get fired, calling for guys' jobs. But it is just OTAs, right? And I'm telling you, man, you heard Scott Turner talk about it. We'll have Logan Paulson on uh, at about 2 o'clock to give us the latest. He was down in Ashburn. Uh, this past week for the OTAs, and I'm revved up. That's really that's really my biggest takeaway from this week. I know, obviously, this is our first chance to see him, you know, as a whole unit on the field. 
obviously minus Terry McLaurin and a couple other key pieces. Logan Thomas still obviously recovering. But like I said, don't be negative. Don't don't put this negative spin on the positive notes that you're hearing coming out of Ashburn. Because like I said, if the news wasn't so positive uh, coming out of OTAs, that same group of people will be blowing up these phone lines telling us who should be fired. And what do Young Thug say to do? Hey, man, PSA, relax. 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 R-E-L-A-X. So do just that. Relax. Now, I mentioned the OTAs and the positive spin on Washington. So I want to transition here into a story I read during the week from ESPN NFL insider Bill Barnwell. Uh, The story is available to all of those who are subscribed to ESPN+. Plus. I definitely recommend doing that if you want to hear the latest on the insiders' opinions on your favorite team in the National Football League. Bill Barnwell did an exercise where he ranked the offseason for all 32 teams uh, around the NFL. And Bill Barnwell goes in on each team, uh, you know, listing what he thinks went right about their offseason, what went wrong about their offseason. He also lists what he thinks each team should have done differently. Now, you know, I initially opened up, when I initially opened up this article, I'm scrolling through, taking some little mental notes of some of the things I see. And as I'm scrolling and scrolling and scrolling, I realize, man, I've been scrolling for a little while here. You know, obviously trying to find out what big-brained Bill Barnwell thinks about the commander's offseason. And I say big-brained Bill Barnwell facetiously. (laughs) I'll get into it in a moment. Bill Barnwell also doubles, in my opinion, as Bill the Contradiction. So so let's get into the beef of uh, what Bill Barnwell had to say about the commander's offseason. I'll spoil it here for you guys. I was scrolling for so damn long because... He ranked the Commanders as the 26th best offseason in the National Football League, saying that basically there were only six teams that had a worse offseason than Washington. And Bill goes on to say what went right for Washington in the offseason. He loves the acquisition of Carson Wentz. He says it was a significant upgrade for D.C., he also liked Washington acquiring Brandon Washington, uh, replacing Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers by signing Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner. And from a financial standpoint, everybody can agree on paper. It might not be a consensus that you know Trey Turner and Norwell are an upgrade, but they're not too far below the levels of Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers, and you're getting them for ten cents on the dollar. Here's a quote from Bill Barnwell. He says, quote, they replaced the expensive guard duo of Brandon Sheriff and Eric Flowers by signing Andrew Norwell and Trey Turner, giving them two bruising run blockers on the interior, albeit ones who are past their professional peak, which interests me. It does. Because that's you'll, you'll notice as we continue to work through this Bill Barnwell piece on multiple occasions, Bill took some subtle jabs at Washington. And right there, in my opinion, uh, was one of them, saying that they're past their professional peak. He's basically saying he thinks Washington got worse. Now, I call him Bill the Contradiction because this is in the what went right summary for Washington in the offseason. So, Bill, obviously not a huge fan of the move, but it was good enough for it to make the what went right summary uh, for Washington. And 
you know, contrary to the reaction from the local media, and this is the part that, you know, really stuck home for me, Bill Barnwell praised this team for not being big-time spenders in free agency. Now, if you listen to this station on the regular and you listen to 980 as well, you know this team has been killed by my colleagues for their lack of activity uh, during free agency. It has been, they, they, they've, been, they've been crucified for it, quite frankly. And it really comes from them acquiring Carson Wentz and there being a lack of money to spend. That's the excuse that the team has used time and time again. They've, they've blamed Carson Wentz, essentially, for why they haven't been active in free agency. And I understand. I get it. You go out there and talk to the media. A lot of the stuff that these guys say to the media, talking about the coaching staff, it's fluff. Yes, they are excited about the acquisition of Carson Wentz. Would they like some more money to spend? Sure. That's what we all right. I'm broke as hell. I'm broke as hell. I, I, I need more money, right? So I'll go back to this Bill Barnwell piece. You know, he praised the team for not being big-time spenders in free agency, and here's the quote. More importantly, giving their propensity for trying to win the offseason under owner Daniel Snyder, the commanders didn't hand out any spectacularly expensive deals to free agents. Their largest average annual salary on a deal, Wentz's trade aside, was $5 million. Their big splash last year was William Jackson. So Ron Rivera might understandably have been shy about making any more significant moves in free agency. And I think that's a great point that that Bill made there. Last year was the year when Washington was uber aggressive on the free agent market, signing guys like William Jackson, Curtis Samuel, to top of the close to top of the market deals. Uh, for William Jackson, you know, much closer to the top of the, the highest paid corner average. Curtis Samuel, really an unproven commodity in Carolina, had had trouble staying on the field. But Washington signed him to a deal betting on his potential and, you know, their familiarity with him and how they can deploy him, you know, in this offseason. Bill also praised the team for trading back with the Saints uh, and selecting Jahan Dotson, a move that down the line when we see how guys like Brian Robinson and Percy Butler and guys like that, when we see how they turn, Cole Turner, the tight end, when we see how these picks pan out that they receive from New Orleans, I think that combined with the production level that we're going to see from Jahan Dotson in year one, uh, I think people will be proud and happy of the deal that Washington was able to pull off. Bill also tells you what he thinks went wrong in Washington's offseason. Uh, Bill went on to talk about how many people across the league were not in favor of the Carson Wentz trade as we mentioned, due to Washington having to eat that entire $28 million salary while still still giving up second and third round picks. There's a quote from Barnwell saying, quote, Rivera basically said that he was willing to pay whatever it would take for the right quarterback. And while that made sense while they tried to trade for Russell Wilson, it's different to see whom they were competing against for Carson Wentz. So the Carson Wentz deal is both a good and a bad thing, according to Bill Barnwell? Didn't I say he was Bill the contradiction? I told you I was going to get into Bill Barnwell this morning. So, look, and we've, we've talked about it before, you know, as I've been on these airways with you guys. This notion 
that Washington was going to have to was going to wait around for a quarterback after they spent the entire offseason telling anybody who would listen that they need a quarterback. Foolish in my opinion, right? Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. My question for you, should Washington, not being aggressive spenders in free agency, be viewed as a good thing or a bad thing based on their recent history in the offseason? Because in my opinion, I think what they did this free agency was fine. I was okay with it. Obviously, you know, last time I was on here, I talked about them not, you know, choosing to re-sign Tim Settle, excuse me, and Matt Ioannidis. I understood that, though. I also understood why they weren't going around throwing cash at every veteran left and right. Washington used some foresight, I feel, when they entered this free agency. You know you have to pay Terry McLaurin here very soon. If you, want, if you want him to show up to practice, you're going to have to pay him sooner rather than later. Montez Sweat is up for a deal at the end of this season. Deron Payne is now holding out asking for more money. So they're going to have to open up their checkbooks one way or another. And to Bill's point, I'd rather them do it on ingrown, in-house guys. That is what this franchise has struggled to do for the last decade plus is retain their own talent. Look at guys like Preston Smith who have gone on to other teams after having a lackluster start to his career here in Washington. Washington's inability to draft and develop talent over the years uh, has definitely been a negative for them. we got to get ready to pay the bills here in a second and take a break. When we come back, I'll tell you what ESPN insider Bill Barnwell says the commander should have done differently in this offseason. Don't go anywhere. Ride with me. We'll be back with that and much more. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. 335, my producer Denton Day behind the glass, spinning the tunes on our way back in and out of break. And like I said, I'm with you until 335 when we'll send things over to Cincinnati. Charlie Slows and Pete Medhurst on the call. Nats and Reds set to lock horns once again. We'll touch on these NBA finals as well. We've got a full game one breakdown of Celtics and Warriors coming your way. Travis Thomas of the New England Sports Network joins us to give his analysis of game one and who and what you should be throwing some paper on in tomorrow's game two matchup. But before I went to break, I told you about ESPN insiders Bill Barnwell's feelings about the commander's offseason. And before I got out of here, I posed a question for you guys to chew on as well. Tap in with me, MGM National Harbor Listener Lines. You can also hit me up on Twitter throughout the show, at N-E-L-L underscore B-T-P on the Bird app. Should Washington not being aggressive spenders in free agency be viewed as a good thing or a bad thing based on their recent history in the offseason? So call in. Blow my line up. Want to hear from you guys out there. 
I told you before the break what uh, big-brained Bill Barnwell said the commanders did right. But as you all know, the offseason wasn't perfect. There was definitely some head-scratching moves, or rather lack thereof. What could the commanders have done differently? This according to ESPN insider Bill Barnwell. Bill suggests that the commanders should have waited for the veteran market to work itself out before pulling the trigger uh, on a deal for, for Carson Wentz. I'll start out by saying, yes, Bill Barnwell is an insider. Yes, he's been doing this for a long time. Yes, he's very respected, very credible. He doesn't know what the hell he's talking about when it comes to the Washington Commanders, at least. And you see that when these national writers do stories about teams that they clearly aren't all the way in tune with, that they don't cover on a day-to-day basis. But lucky for you guys out there, I do. I do follow this team on a day-to-day basis. I am paying close attention with a keen eye to every move uh, that this team makes. And Bill Barnwell suggests that the commanders should have waited for the veteran QB market to work itself out Uh, instead of pulling the trigger on the trade for Carson Wentz. Uh, Bill suggested that Marcus Mariota would have been a better option for the amount of money you would have had to pay him. And I just don't agree with that. I don't agree with the notion that you wait on this veteran market to play out. Because who knew that guys like Baker Mayfield would end up coming available? Who knew that Mitch Trubisky would come available? Obviously, free agent and Mitch. Who knew? In my opinion, the commanders did the only thing they could have done. All offseason, before free agency opened up and teams were able to spend and make some major acquisitions, Washington knew its biggest need uh, heading into the 2022 season was upgrading the quarterback position, right? They had to. Simple as that. You got below league average play a season ago from Taylor Heineke, and they were able to crawl to seven wins. Crawl, bear crawl to seven wins, right? For this team to take the next step in year three under Ron Rivera in this staff, They had to upgrade the quarterback position, and they did that. They did. Now, the big disagreement out there seems to be how they did it. And what everybody's disagreeing about is how much they spent and who they spent it on. But let's keep it and view it from face value for what it is. A team that won seven games a season ago with below top 40 quarterback play, upgraded at that position. Call it it, call it what it is. You can, you can not like Carson Wentz. You can not like him. You can say he's a Bible thumper. You, you, you can say whatever he wants. You can say he's a bad guy in the locker room. What you cannot disagree with is that Carson Wentz is a considerable upgrade at the quarterback position over Taylor Heineke. We'll get back into some of Bill Barnwell's comments. This is a quote from him 
from that piece. He said, quote, Waiting out the veteran quarterback market would have given them a chance of trading a smaller haul for Ryan, talking about Matt Ryan, or acquiring Baker Mayfield or Jimmy Garoppolo at a discounted rate. They couldn't have known how everything would go at the start of the offseason, but Rivera's focus on locking in any sort of upgrade on Taylor Heineke without being sensitive enough to the price tag was a negative, end quote. That's ESPN insider Bill Barnwell in his piece listing the top 32 off-seasons in the National Football League. If you're just joining us, he ranked Washington at number 26. And what I just listed off to you guys is what Bill Barnwell thinks Washington could have done differently. Now, if you were with me at the beginning of the program in my opening soliloquy, you know that Bill Barnwell praised the Washington Commanders for upgrading at the quarterback position and acquiring Carson Wentz. Didn't I say I was going to call him Bill Contradiction? Because this is a walking contradiction, this article. I'm using it not just to pick at Bill Barnwell, but he made some good points here. The idea that Washington should have waited around for a veteran quarterback to come available, the example of Matt Ryan is ludicrous to me. Ludicrous. Makes no sense, right? Matt Ryan wasn't available until Deshaun Watson listed the Atlanta Falcons as one of his potential destinations that he wanted to be traded to from Houston. Matt Ryan was not available until that point. Bill Barnwell also goes on to list Baker Mayfield as a potential guy Washington could have acquired via trade for a smaller price tag. Newsflash, Bill Barnwell, and all those other people out there who have this ignorant take on what Washington's done at the quarterback position, and there are a lot of people in this fan base that tune into this radio station on a regular basis that ignorantly called up here and said, well, why didn't we wait? We could have got Matt Ryan. We, we could have got Marcus Mariota. We, we could have got Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo. To hell with those guys. They weren't available. They were not options at the time. Baker Mayfield did not become an option for Washington at the quarterback position until, ding, 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 Deshaun Watson ended up in Cleveland. And for those who wanted Washington to get in on Deshaun Watson, you're fooling yourself. There was no way in hell Washington was going to touch the PR nightmare that is Deshaun Watson. And if you guys have been playing close attention this week, you see there's now a 24th accuser filing a civil suit against Deshaun Watson claiming sexual misconduct during one of these massage therapy sessions. And and I'll touch on Deshaun Watson closer to the end of the show because I've got a lot to say about that as well. But the idea, even Jimmy Garoppolo, you're trying to upgrade at the quarterback position, right? From Taylor Heineke. You're trying to upgrade. Jimmy Garoppolo, sorry to cut it to you, does not signify an upgrade at the quarterback position for Washington. He just doesn't. He's a guy that had the same problem as Taylor Heineke. Durability issues were a struggle. And you wanted to upgrade at the position, right? Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't represent an upgrade. 2021 numbers from Jimmy Garoppolo. 
Completed 68.3% of his passes, threw for 3,800 yards, 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Taylor Heineke, 65% completion percentage, 3,500 yards, 20 touchdowns, 15 picks. That would be considered making a lateral move at the quarterback position. Washington was looking to upgrade. They needed to upgrade at that position. And I'll let you guys tap in with me on this as well. Would you have preferred the commanders to wait around and see how the veteran QB market would have shaped out instead of trading for Carson Wentz? And I'll even make this a two-parter. How much differently would people view the Carson Wentz trade to Washington if the commanders didn't have to absorb the entire $28 million salary? Let's go to uh, Kevin in Arlington to give us his thoughts on this. What's up, Kevin? Hey, now how are you this Saturday? I'm doing good, my man. How are you? I'm passionate up here because Bill Barnwell. Yeah, man. Hey, that's good. Um, you know, let me first say I'm not holding my breath that Wentz is going to regain his 2017 form or anything. But anyone who suggests that May, uh, you know, Mayfield or Garoppolo or whatever would have been a better option, uh, they're crazy. Okay, yeah. so I, I, I frankly as we were coming into free agency. I had fantasies about Matt Ryan, but a couple things there. He doesn't have Wentz's mobility. As you said, the Deshaun Watson decision was not made. And you know what? I'm pretty sure Atlanta management wanted to do Ryan a solid and get him to a good team, which he did end up in in Indianapolis. So, again, I think there's pure fantasy going on about what our options were at quarterback. Last year, that's different. I think it was crazy they didn't trade up and get ahead of Belichick and get Mac Jones. That's water under the bridge. Yeah, it's here, it's here it's, or there. But, Kevin, Kevin, let me ask you this. Yeah, go ahead. And then I got a comment, too. How much differently would you view Washington acquiring Carson Wentz if they didn't have to take on that $28 million salary? Well, so, to me, it's an all-or-nothing thing. If Carson plays well, that's going to look like a bargain. Yep. If he doesn't play well, who cares? It, it, none of it worked. Right. Uh, so again, I and again, uh, this crying poor mouth that oh well because we signed Wentz we can't do things for agency bollocks. Okay, maybe Dan Snyder's got too many new real estate acquisitions and too many legal bills, and he's <laughs> you know, put the, maybe he's put the brakes on just how much Ron can spend. I really believe he has. But that's neither here nor there. My only issue really with the off season and the roster redevelopment is that they haven't done what they've needed to do, in my opinion, in the back seven in terms of the defense, in terms of getting better. I had hoped there was a potential generational player sitting there in Kyle Hamilton. Uh, the rumors were we'd take him. I was hoping we'd take him. We didn't. Now, so to me, this offseason is going to come down to who did we get instead of Kyle Hamilton? If Hamilton proves to be the player, I think he's going to be in Baltimore. And do, do they, in, in combination, equal or exceed what Hamilton's going to bring Baltimore. But to me, they still have a need at corner depth. They still have a need potentially at Buffalo nickel safety depth. And they basically got one NFL linebacker right now that we know of, and his name's Cole Holcomb because Mayo's Mayo's, uh, old and slow. Mayo belongs over a slice of bread. Aren't you stunned that Rivera and Del Rio have done this little at linebacker? Isn't it staggering? I mean – Kevin, I, and I appreciate the call, Kevin. I will I will say, to call it staggering, no, because I kind of understand philosophically where they're trying to go with this defense. 
if you watch them play last year, they didn't play a whole lot of three linebacker sets. You saw them going with the three safety look instead, which I think is much better. A much better, you know, philosophy defensively in today's modern NFL, where you're having to deal with these running backs out of the backfield that can catch the football, where you're having to deal with the tight ends that can hurt you vertically and line up in the slot and things of that nature. A safety, in my opinion, playing three safeties just represents that hybrid look that today's NFL is really built on. And we still got a little bit of ways to go before training camp kicks off for the Burgundy and Gold. But right now in the sports world, all of our eyes are glued to our TV sets trying to figure out what the hell is next in these NBA finals. And guess what? If you stick with me through the break, I'll tell you. My brother, my OG, Travis Thomas of the New England Sports Network, joins us to give us a preview of Celtics and Warriors Game 2. Can the Celtics take a commanding 2-0 series lead and continue their Cinderella 2022 season? Or do Steph Curry and the Warriors refocus after getting dominated in that fourth quarter by Boston? I'll tell you up next. Ride with me. I'm Linnell Willingham. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. Welcome back. I'm Lanell Willingham. This is The Fan. Here with you until 3.35, taking you up the Nats on deck with Pete Medhurst and Charlie Slows. They're in Cincinnati. Nats and Reds set to do battle. 4-10 first pitch right here on The Fan. But joining me right now on our BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. I'm joined by a man who needs no introduction. You can catch him weekdays at 5.30 on the Ultimate Betting Show on the New England Sports Network. And for y'all weird folks out there who eat dinner early so 5.30 doesn't work for you, you can also catch him weekdays at 1 on NESMBets.com for the lunch line. Follow him on Twitter, at Travis Thomas EXP. Welcome home, brother, man. How you doing? Welcome home. What's up, Matthew, a.k.a. the leader of the new school, man. It's an honor. It's an honor to be on your show, bro. You're doing a great job. I've been listening since 1 o'clock. And uh, what the hell does Bill Barnwell know any damn way? Exactly. What does he know, OG? <laughs> Tell him, man. He don't know nothing. <laughs> Look, man, Travis, I wanted to say before I got into it, I'm super proud of the things you're doing out there in Boston. Keep pushing. Keep leading us, brother. Man, well, I appreciate that. I mean, that, that street obviously goes both ways because, uh, you know, I've, I've literally seen the beginning of your career and uh, the things that you have been able to accomplish in, in such a short amount of time. And I told you when we met, you know, I was impressed with your maturity at this age because believe you me, uh, when I was your age, I was nowhere near as mature as what you are. And in fact, uh, as you know, I just turned 40 and I'm still pretty sure that you're more mature than me. So <laughs> congratulations on that, Big L. Hey, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> But look, man, let's get right into it. You know, Trav, we were fortunate enough to bear witness, what, what are we going to call it? One of the best shooting performances in the first quarter of an NBA Finals game. Chef Curry, apron on and all, just souffleing the Celtics defense in that first quarter. Six of eight from beyond the arc. But your Celtics able to withstand the initial blow and end up hanging on to win game one. 
What did you see from Boston defensively, and how were they able to adjust and pick up the dub? Well, first of all, I mean, it wasn't just the first quarter. I, I mean, all time, to me, that's one of the greatest shooting games we've ever seen. Uh, to me, I, you know, I think you have to give credit to the entire uh, Celtics coaching staff. Obviously, uh, Ime Adoka is doing a tremendous job. And one of the things I noticed early in that game, uh, you mentioned Steph Curry going crazy. When Steph, and it happened throughout the game, but when Steph was going crazy and when Golden State were going these runs, we saw the third quarter, uh, they were just lights out as well. Adoka would take these timeouts pretty early in the runs, and he'd bring everyone to the sideline, kind of collect their thoughts, and then they'd go back out there, and you'd see a different Boston Celtics team. You know, I thought about this, Linnell. Greg Popovich used to do that Mm -hmm. in San Antonio Mm -hmm. a lot. Remember, during those finals, he would call timeouts early in runs. He wouldn't let it get too out of control. He'd cuss everyone out, and then they'd go back out out there, and they'd play like the Spurs. And I think it worked uh, with the Celtics as well. So look for that throughout the series. I know Steve Kerr has an M.O. to just let his guys play and figure it out. But I think uh, this series is going to have to be a chess match between these coaches. And right now, round one obviously goes to Adoka. But for me, I would just say, you know, I, I think they were obviously playing back, which I don't know why the hell they were doing Some that. Of this drop coverages uh, and this pick and roll yeah. stuff. It, it was weird, yeah. It was weird, and then they adjusted it, and then go figure, uh, it, it worked, right? So it kind of goes back to what I'm saying about the chess match. I just think... Um, you know, I want to see how Steve Kerr is going to respond here in game two. If I'm Boston, I just keep doing the same thing. I don't know if they can keep that pace going, though. Yeah, I think it's definitely something to pay close attention to, because I'll tell you right now, Steve Kerr doesn't have the coaching chops that Emi Udoka has. I'll be straight up and call it, call it what it is. You saw what he did last year for Brooklyn. But we'll, we'll continue to get on. Travis, much was made of our Jason Tatum's poor performance offensively, three for 17 from the floor. But he also set the record for most assists in a finals debut with 13 helpers. What was Golden State doing defensively that caused him to struggle so much? And how big of a deal is it that Boston, despite him struggling from the field, was still able to pick up the win? Well, first of all, they ran a box and one on Jason Tatum. So, I mean, I, I, I understand. I don't, you know, he didn't have the best shooting game ever. You can't defend a guy that went 3-17 of 17 from the floor and 1-5 of five from three, but at the same time, I mean, what the hell is he supposed to do when the whole team's playing defense on him? Right. What I was impressed with with Jason Tatum is, and this is what superstar uh, basketball players do, if you're not scoring, you have to figure out a way to still impact the game and still help your team win, and you saw that with him dropping dimes instead. Mm-hmm. I wish, though, that he would crash the boards a little bit harder because at his size, Linnell, I think Jason Tatum, if he wanted to in this league, he could average a triple-double. He doesn't quite crash the boards hard enough for that. Uh, So we saw his passing on display in game one. I hope in game two he crashes the boards a little bit harder. I think he could have a similar game. I don't think this is going to be a series where he averages 30 points a game. I think Golden State is basically, and you heard Draymond Green say this in the post-game presser after, you know, we'll live with these other guys beating us. We'll live with Al Horford beating us. Uh, You know, to me, I I just think, you know, Golden State's game plan is let's take Tatum out of it in terms of uh, scoring and see 
if Jalen Brown or Derek White or some of these other dudes can beat us. And obviously in game one, it worked. But I think that's going to be the game plan moving forward for Golden State. And I don't think it's the worst game plan I've ever heard either. No, it's not. And I, and I agree with you, Trav. I think whichever team's role players play the best are going to be successful in this series. I'm joined right now by Travis Thomas on our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. You can catch him weekdays at 5.30 on the Ultimate Betting Show on the New England Sports Network. You can also catch him weekdays at 1 o'clock on NESNBets.com for the lunch line. And make sure you follow my man on the Bird app at Travis Thomas EXP. And Trav, I wanted to ask you, as you're watching this game unfold, at one point to start that fourth quarter, it looked like Golden State was going to run away with this thing. In your mind, who deserves the credit for keeping Boston in this game? You kind of alluded to it with Emi Udoka stopping some of these runs. A game, quite frankly, going into it that nobody expected Boston to even win. I think, well, obviously the coaching staff, but it starts there. But I think Jalen Brown. I mean, look, in the beginning of the game, Linnell, I was screaming at the television because I thought he was point-shaving. He played so bad. I mean, he was awful. Uh, and he looked nervous and looked like the moment maybe was too big. Um, you know, he's uh, that area, he went to school there. I know he had a lot of family and friends yes. there at the game. Good point. I just, think, I just think maybe the moment was a little big for him early in the game. But once he got settled, especially late, as you mentioned, that fourth quarter, uh, you know, to me – I don't think there's a comeback without Jalen Brown's contributions. And that's the story of the Celtics life, right? I mean, it's Tatum and Brown. Those are the two stars. Uh, they've been patient with those two guys. You know, when I got up here, uh, they obviously had, had already gone on their run for the second half of the season and uh, were getting ready for the playoffs. But everyone was telling me, listen, if they don't at least get to the finals this year, Everyone wants to break this duo up because they've just been so close. They've been bridesmaids, but never the bride. And people were just saying, you know, we don't think that these two work. And sure enough, here we are, and it's finally coming together. So you have to give the Celtics organization credit for sticking with these two. But I would say, even with Horford's great game, even with Derek White's great game, Marcus Smart played a great game. I would still say Jalen Brown was a catalyst because when Tatum's not on, that's the guy they look to. Yeah, you mentioned it. Jalen Brown, to start that fourth quarter, goes on a 9-0 run himself, and then you see him doing what Jason Tatum was doing for most of that first half, drawing the help defender and kicking it out to these shooters to get them wide-open looks. And, Travis, I know you're a brother who ain't afraid to put a few dollars down on some good action. So tell me before we get out of here, what are some of your best bets for tomorrow's game, two between Boston and Golden State? Well, first of all, let me go back to game one. I hit that game every way possible, Linnell. I had the Celtics to cover in the first half. I had the Celtics to win outright on the money line. I had the over on the total. It was a beautiful night for me. Uh, Game two, I'm going to be a little bit more conservative. Game two, I actually think Golden State wins this game. Um, You know, I I just don't believe they're going to lose two games back-to-back at home in the finals. I just can't even say that out loud comfortably. So I, I have Golden State on the money line to win. Uh, if you want to bet it, this is, this is a bet I would tell everyone to go to the sports book right now or go to their app and bet. I got this price. The Celtics were like 6-1. to one. I got them Celtics game seven, uh, basically 6-1. to one. You're not going to get that price now. But you can bet this series. Instead of just betting the game, why don't you just pick a winner? 
You can get the Boston Celtics right now at minus 170 if you love Golden State to win this series. Now is the time to bet it because they lost game one, so you can get them at plus money at plus 140. So that's what I would tell everyone. It's less stressful that way. You're not betting each game. Just go take who you, you know, take who you like to win the series. Both prices right now are fair. Yeah. Look, I ain't going to lie. I didn't put any money on the first game. You know how I get with my, with my betting. <laughs> every, every day when you would be in studio here, I'd come say, Trav, give me a bet. And Trav would give me a bet. The, the gambling man he is. I'd never play it, but it would always hit. So trust my man with his bets. Trav, thank you, my brother. Appreciate you joining me, man. Anytime, bro. You know that. I'm proud of you, man. Anytime you call me, throw up that bat signal. I'm going to answer every time, bro. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. That was Travis Thomas of the New England Sports Network. Like I said, you can catch him weekdays at 5.30 on the Ultimate Betting Show on the New England Sports Network. You can also catch him weekdays at 1 o'clock on NESNBets.com for the lunch line. Follow him on Twitter at Travis Thomas EXP. Always good talking to my guy, Trav, and catching up one of my mentors in this business. When we come back, the NBA Finals talk will continue. Boston Golden State Game 2 from the Chase Center tomorrow afternoon. I'll tell you who needs to step up for Golden State in Game 2 in order for them to even this series up. Plus, I'll tell you why I'm not worried in the slightest bit about Jason Tatum's poor shooting performance. Ride with me. We'll be back. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. I'll tell you who couldn't breathe. The shooters on the Golden State Warriors Thursday night. Boston applying major pressure defensively in that fourth quarter. Welcome back. I'm Linnell Willingham. This is The Fan. If you have thoughts and comments throughout the show, hit me up on Twitter at N-E-L-L underscore BTP. You can also tap in with me on the MGM National Harbor listener lines, 1-800-636-1067. And before I get back to the basketball here for a second, Bobby Blanco of Mass and Sports just put out We'll call it a Blanco bomb, Denton. Is that what we'll call it? Our, my my in-studio producer today is Denton Day. Is that what we'll call it? A Bobby Blanco bomb? A Blanco bomb? Yeah, maybe maybe a triple B. A trip? A Bobby Blanco yeah, bomb? A triple B. We'll, uh, triple we'll move B. over to the Ball family. It's a Bobby Blanco bomb. This at 101 on the old Twitter app from Bobby Blanco. Steven Strasburg has a locker in Cincinnati. So the return... Of the orchard, <laughs> as a lot of people like to call them. It's coming. It's coming soon. Nats will wrap up their series with the Reds tomorrow. Uh, the starting lineups just got released, and Strauss's name not on it. But according to Bobby Blanco, he does have a locker at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. So the return of Steven Strasburg, definitely something to look forward to uh, as we continue to move throughout this Nat season that doesn't really have a lot of promise and hope. We'll talk to Matt Wayrick at 3 o'clock to get the latest uh, on the baseball team, and I'll be sure to ask him about Steven Strasburg and this developing story from Bobby Blanco. Steven Strasburg has a locker in Cincinnati at Great American Ballpark, so the return of Strass may be coming a lot sooner than people may have anticipated. I'll wrap up here in this short segment my thoughts on Game 1. And here's what I know. 
if if the Warriors are going to have any shot uh, at winning game two, they've got to get more production out of the other guys. Talking about Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Uh, obviously, it was well-documented. A masterful performance from Stephen Curry. It started with that first quarter barrage going six of eight from downtown. Just, just special, doing the things that Stephen Curry does. He finished 7 of 14 from beyond the arc in the game, 12 of 25 from the field on his way to 34 points. But the big thing I noticed for Golden State and where they really struggled at, specifically in that fourth quarter, is they weren't able to guard. And they missed a lot of open shots. Just just too many open shots for a team that, that, that thinks they have a shot to win this series and a team with the shooting prowess of a Golden State. It was just uncharacteristic to see you know, some of the looks that they were missing. And I'm not one to come on here and call athletes out. We got to get a better performance out of, in my opinion, the heart and soul of this Golden State Warriors team. Talking about Draymond Green, 2 for 12 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, and all four of those three-pointers that Draymond took, wide open. Nobody around. Yes, he affected the game in other ways, 11 assists. I mean, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. Just got to have more from him. And then Klay Thompson. Uh, first game back in the finals, obviously well-documented, you know, the the injury battles that he's had to overcome. Finished with just 15 points on 6 of 14 shooting. But that isn't really where my concern lied with Klay Thompson. It was what he was unable to do on the defensive end. He was Swiss cheese out there. Guys were blowing by him left and right. There's the famous meme on Twitter right now of Steph Curry throwing his hands up, looking at him like, what the hell are you doing, Klay? Uh, on, on a drive from Jalen Brown. But, you know, if Boston, Boston's going to, uh, if Golden State, excuse me, is going to have any shot of winning game two tomorrow, they got to play better defense and they got to hit some of these open looks. But when we get back, game two of the NBA Finals from the Chase Center, Warriors looking to avoid going down 0 2 against Boston. We'll switch gears when we get back. The Commanders had their second week of OTAs this past week. Our guy Logan Paulson was there in attendance watching this new look Commanders offense. He'll join me. On the other side of this break with the latest on how the new QB looks and what differences he's been able to make in the offense. Don't touch that dial. Ride with me. You're listening to 106.7 The Fan. We're also streaming live nationally on the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.